Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, Director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, Council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central to explore the diverse and dynamic arts landscape in Alabama. Rosemary Johnson and I am the executive director of the Alabama Dance Council, a statewide service organization for the dance community and we work in partnership with the Alabama State Council on the Arts. And today we'll be talking about the Alabama Dance Festival, which is in January, starting on January the 14th through the 22nd. And our featured guest artist this year for the Alabama Dance Festival is Helen Simono Dance. And so with me today, I have Lindsay Viatori. So Lindsay, welcome and tell us a little bit about your role with the company and we'll just go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Lindsay Viatori, and I actually started dancing with Helen Simino Dance in 2005, before there was even a company. And then I was a founding member of the dance company. And since then, I've actually left performing um, professionally, and I'm now an educator, but I serve as a board member for Helen Simino Dance, as well as the rehearsal director for the company. And I also just started a new position as the co-director of education and outreach for Helen Simino Dance. So I've had many different roles. I've worn many different hats within the organization. That's great. And in fact, we have you in Birmingham this week to do some of the education outreach for the residency that Helen Simino Dance is doing in conjunction with their performance at the Alabama Dance Festival. So tell us more about how the company got started, a little bit more about the history and also about Helen and her work and what is what is attractive to you? Why did you want to work with Helen Simino? Well, I actually met Helen. We were college students together. And I was always drawn to her as both a performer and as a maker, as a, as a choreographer. She's a very thoughtful maker. And she's, she's very, I don't want to say very calculated, but she really considers the stories she's trying to tell how best to tell them. And she's very thoughtful with the way that she crafts the work, the way that she incorporates dancers into the work, the way that she wants dancers to be viewed. And that was really evident even even before she started making her own work as a professional choreographer. Even as a student, that was very evident. So that always drew me to want to work with her. She graduated from undergraduate and then moved to Montreal and to dance professionally for a short period of time. And then she ended up moving back to North Carolina, you know, for personal reasons. And she started making work in North Carolina and she felt compelled to be working with professional dancers nationally, not just in the region. 
So she started actually, I was living in New York City and she was living in North Carolina, but she would come to New York to stage works or to set works on dancers. This was well before she had a company. And, you know, I would work with her and I always just really valued the way that she valued artists and makers. It, it did not feel this type of top-down hierarchy that was really common in dance. You know, she's really interested in the people that are in the room. She's interested in how they contribute to the process. She's interested in hearing their opinions on the work and, and contributing to that, and they're active participants. So dancers that work with Helen are never just kind of what I think of as robotic dancers that just take in information and replicate what's given, and that's, that's that. She really is asking dancers to not only take in information, but then to change information, to, to start to create their own work within the work, to start to craft parts of it with her while she's the main author. And so her work is just really, it's so multi-layered, it's really reflective, it's deeply considered. There's just so much about it that I, that I think is incredible. So she officially started her company, I believe it was 2011. I could be mis misspeaking here, but I believe it was 2011 where she officially started the company. And since then, you know, she has, she's done some incredible things. She's recently a Guggenheim fellow. She had a choreographic fellowship at city center in New York city. She's been commissioned for some really incredible companies for some incredible schools. But the thing that's really beautiful about her work is that it stays really committed to its process, committed to the way of working with artists, really bringing artists to the forefront. So that's really kind of the trajectory of her work, which, you know, I've stayed connected to her for my entire career. And I always say she's the one artist. She's the one maker that has been the through line through my entire professional career. And I've worked as a, as a freelance artist for many different, many different choreographers and companies, but there's a reason for that. I think she's just really, really thoughtful in the way that she interacts with her other artists. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to meet Helen in Helen Simono dance was chosen as one of the five momentum Southern dance companies, which is a program funded by South arts. And so that's been a great process of uh, working with those companies as a presenter, as the Alabama Dance Council is a dance presenter through our festival. And so, uh, you know, got to know Helen and even took a workshop with her at the American Dance Festival. And I know she's received a lot of support from American Dance Festival. And so we just, that's when we started the conversation. Then also through my work with Na the National Dance Project, I served as an advisor for three years. And so I was just delighted when her production grant was funded for the creation of Delicate Power. So I'll use that as a segue into what you all are presenting at the Alabama Dance Festival in January. So tell us a little bit more about Delicate Power and what the themes of it are and how she reached that point of wanting to create this work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a beautiful work. It's really, it's quite exquisite. So I would say that throughout her entire career, Helen has really been working with themes of how power is viewed among groups of people, between groups of people, 
she's been looking particularly at the ways in which different different gendered bodies are perceived the ways that people take up space the ways that the ways that we view different relationships and that's been something that you'll see throughout much of her work and delicate power really is looking specifically at power structures but more importantly it's really looking at kind of non-traditional ways of viewing power. So when we often think of people being powerful, we think of people that are confident, taking up space, can be loud, they have authority, you know, we think of these more traditional ways of viewing power. But Helen was really interested in creating a work that looked at, I hate to say the underside of power, but, but what are some alternative ways that people can be powerful? Um, there was a book that she was reading at the time called Quiet, And it was really looking at the power of the introvert and how introverts are often kind of discredited and not not necessarily seen as the the big leaders, movers, shakers of the world. But in this book, it's really unpacking how many introverts are really quite powerful and, and how many introverts often don't like to take the spotlight, but they're often the ones that are, you know, they're making things happen. They're 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 putting the right people together. They're they're making these larger moves. And so she was really interested in how can we look at power like a quiet power? What would a quiet power look like? And then in other ways, what does power look like when it's not necessarily yielded for any type of direct, I I hate to say direct change, but what does power look like when it's power based in community? When it's a group of people that have decided to come together quietly and be powerful or to come together in a way that is, it's not necessarily yielding power for the sake of being in control and to, and to have dominance, but it's a way of just being powerful and being quiet and being together and being sensitive to one another. And this work in particular kind of, it, it goes through the many different ways that we see power. So you will see some very strong athletic dancers taking up space, but you'll also see this group of female identifying bodies that are just not at all competing with one another. They're really working as one unit to take up space, to claim space, to, to have ownership and not in a, in an overly or in an overtly, I don't want to say confident way. They're very confident, but it's not in a in a way that is saying, you know, I'm better than you. So I'm taking up this space. It's a way of saying we exist. And this, this beautiful unified power doesn't need to exert a sense of dominance over somebody, but we can just exist in this plane. And, and there's something really beautiful about that. And so delicate power really looks at the ways that particularly women can can yield power. And not that the piece is just particularly for women, but it's women on stage and how these women are taking space, claiming space, and quietly and confidently taking up this space. So I think anyone who's ever felt a bit introverted or anyone who doesn't feel necessarily like, you know, an extroverted alpha can really relate to this work. Helen uses the term a lot. There's the calm alpha. And that this is really a piece that is championing the calm alpha. Thank you for that insight into uh, delicate power. Mm -hmm. I know as a part of the residency that you all are doing here in Birmingham that we are working with 
a couple of community organizations that work with young women. Mm -hmm. And so uh, yesterday we had the opportunity to go to the Crestwood Center that's operated by Girls Incorporated of Central Alabama and working with some beautiful middle school age dance makers because yes. that's what you had them doing. They were. So, they were making. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you can empower I don't want to use the word non-dancers because I believe everybody can dance. Absolutely. Everyone and, with a body can but, dance. But <laughs> you know, someone who's not necessarily taken any formal training in dance, but yeah. how can you empower them? What are some of the ways? Well, I think one of the ways that I like to enter into those types of situations is to really try and allow every person in the room to be seen. And I think that's really important. And also it, it falls under the ethos of how Helen operates her company, that every dancer is valuable. Every person in the room contributes. And so for instance, what we did yesterday is we started in a circle so that everybody could see one another. And I wanted to learn the names of the dancers and really it's something I've been working on for a while. I used to be great with learning names and the older I get, I'm just awful. (laughs) They come in and then they go out as quickly as they came in. So one of the ways that, that we started was by introducing ourselves. And then we talked about the idea of what delicate power really is. So I asked each person in the circle, when is a time that you feel powerful? When do you really feel powerful? And so then what we did is for each person, we created a full body gesture. So some kind of movement that kind of described what they said. So for instance, we had, um, I'm thinking right around the circle, right beside me um, was uh, Jemiah. And she said, I feel powerful when I say something smart. And I thought that was such a beautiful, that was such a beautiful answer because I thought, yeah, most people don't feel super powerful in those moments. And so we created this full body gesture for say something smart. And we said, Jemiah's name, say something smart. And we went around the circle and we created a phrase using all 13 names and descriptors. And we created this big phrase. And so oftentimes that is how choreographers create material is they think about what are we trying to communicate? And so for the sake of delicate power, we're thinking what things make us feel powerful. So we want to create a space where these dancers and I, w- I will call them dancers because they were dancing. They you were. saw them, Rosemary. Yes. They were dancing. And what's interesting is I don't know that they would consider that they were dancing. I think they thought they were just moving their bodies. But we really created this long phrase that they were able to remember by looking around the circle as we went around the circle. So we created this phrase. And then afterwards, once they've done it a couple of times, we took away the names and we said, okay, now just, just do the phrase, don't say the names. And then we did it with music. And then I divided them up into small groups and said, okay, now take something from this phrase that you really like, and now create a new phrase from this base phrase. And so they all did it. And then I gave them a little time to work on it. And I said, now, And this is something, this is a theme that you'll see in in the work Delicate Power is that these dancers are so connected and their sense of unison and togetherness is so incredible. And so you would see me going around the room and I would say, okay, now I want you to be perfectly together. 
So without saying anything, how can you feel each other? And how can you say, okay, we're going to do this material. It's so in sync that it feels like we're one body, whether it was two or three dancers. And it's difficult. People who don't dance, you know, they, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a hard skill, even for highly trained dancers. So it was really fun to look around the room and see these, you know, 12 and 13 year old girls start to find ways to really connect tightly to one another. And so then we came back and I just organized them throughout the space. And I said, okay, so now we're going to go in at different times. You all have your different phrase. We're going to go at different times and we're going to create our own peace. We're going to create our own peace in this moment. And it's really such a beautiful moment. It just really speaks to the power of the arts and to the Mm -hmm. power of dance. I think in general dance, you know, is one of these things that does not require us all to speak the same language. And so I think it's really beautiful that we can we can use our bodies it's a free instrument you know when if if we were to play the violin the violin such a beautiful instrument but we have to have access to a violin but we all have access to our body and so how can we use this instrument that we walk around in every day and how can we let it be creative and say something poetic instead of just using it for function, which is what most of us do on a daily basis. And so I really love to see these young people, even if they don't realize it now, but I feel like at some point they will, they will make a connection and they will realize that, oh my goodness, my body doesn't have to just be this thing that walks me around through space. It can do so much more. Yeah. And it it's, it's, has power within it to say things without using my voice. So I want to um, mention uh, for any educators that are out there listening to us right now that Helen Simono Dance will be doing a school performance on Friday, January the 20th at 10 a.m. It is a free performance, and it's at the Alice Stevens Center at the, on the campus of the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And uh, we do have a study guide that is prepared for your use and uh, the naming game, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. uh, the naming movement exercise is uh, included in the study guide. And this is something you can do with your students. You do not have to be a dancer. No. (laughs) uh, As a teacher in order to lead this exercise, but... It also will give them insight into, because they've done that work of creating movement themselves and work together to do that, it will give them insight into what they see on the stage when they come to see Helen Simono dance. They will recognize things. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did that. In our classroom. And so, yeah, I just, I, I think that you don't have to you know, take a workshop from Helen Simono dance in order to have this experience. So I did want to mention that. And let me go ahead and talk about more logistics for your performance in January. So the 
public performance is also at the Alice Stevens Center, and it is on Saturday night, January the 21st at 8 p.m., and tickets are available at the Alice Stevens Center box office. Also, if you are participating as a dancer in the Alabama Dance Festival and registered to take classes, that you also will have a ticket to see the performance. And you all are doing uh, some more community workshops mm-hmm. and also teaching some master classes or and repertory classes at the festival for those dancers who are coming to be a part of our festival. So we are so pleased that you are a part of our festival this year. And I'm so delighted that Helen Simino was able to work it into the company's busy schedule, and it's been such a joy to work with all of you in putting this residency and performance together. Well, we are super ecstatic to be part of the Alabama Dance Festival, and I would just love to applaud you, Rosemary, for all of the incredible work that you've done for the festival. Just a plug for the school show, what an incredible gift to the community that they can come and see a dance performance for free to have that experience my younger self is is doing cartwheels <laughs> that that is possible <laughs> so i really hope that that local schools and educators really take advantage of this opportunity because it's it's really quite it's quite a gift it's quite a gift to the community and it's a wonderful way to include arts education into the curriculum, which I think is, is such a vital, it's such a vital um, need, particularly for our world right now, to really have more more empathy. Yes. And the arts do that. So thank you so much thank for you. having us. We're so excited to be part of it. Well, thank you very much. And to our listening audience, thank you for joining us for this conversation about Helen Simino Dance. We hope that we'll see you at the performance in January. You've been listening to Rosemary Johnson, Executive Director of the Alabama Dance Council, talking with Lindsay Viatorres of Helen Semino Dance. As one of the largest gatherings of dancers and dance enthusiasts in the South, the Alabama Dance Festival features master classes with world-renowned teachers, audition opportunities, teacher training, networking, performances by regional dance groups, and a guest company. Each year, the Alabama Dance Festival boasts a weekend full of performances. Participants and public alike enjoy work presented in a range of styles and traditions by studios, schools, companies, and choreographers in our annual New Works Concert and Alabama Dance Festival Showcase. For more information, visit alabamadancecouncil.org. Alabama Arts comes to you from the Alabama State Council on the Arts and the Alabama Center for Traditional Culture. Technical production by Deb Boykin. Series theme music, The Bounds of Beauty, written and performed by Scooter Muse.
This week on Alabama Arts, Rosemary Johnson of the Alabama Dance Council talks with Lindsay Viatoris of Helen Simino Dance, the guest company at this year's Alabama Dance Festival. Dance, you know, is one of these things that does not require us all to speak the same language. And so I think it's really beautiful that we can, we can use our bodies. It's a free instrument. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio. Tonight on Alabama Arts, Rosemary Johnson, Executive Director of the Alabama Dance Council, talks with Lindsay Viatoris of Helen Seminole Dance, the guest company at this year's Alabama Dance Festival. Dance, you know, is one of these things that does not require us all to speak the same language. And so I think it's really beautiful that we can, we can use our bodies. It's a free instrument. You know, when, if, if we were to play the violin, the violin such a beautiful instrument, but we have to have access to a violin, but we all have access to our body. And so how can we use this instrument that we walk around in every day, and how can we let it be creative and say something poetic instead of just using it for function, which is what most of us do on a daily basis. But first, the news.